Hello, I'm Joshua. And I'm Mary, and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. We are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll meet guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart. Hello, Mary. Hi, <laughs> Joshua. It's always a race to I, see who's going to say hello. Really? Part. I mean, I know you do, but then I got your back in case you don't. In case I just stop for some reason. <laughs> Mary, we are having such a blast talking to all these wonderful artists. Great idea. So many cool friend shows that are out there. And we're, we were just saying, how in the world are we ever going to build our schedule? Because we want to go see them all. I know. I know. 154 shows, shows this year. And we'll have had 24 represented at the end of today's this evening's show. That's great. Next year, we're going to do 100. Oh, my goodness. Stop now. Stop (laughs) now. (laughs) We have all year to schedule it, Mary. If anyone wants to have a friend show on the radio, 70 within the first minute, like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, But we still, we got 24 in. Yeah, it was great. It's been so fun. We've met so many wonderful people. So today, we're going to dive right into our next show so Mm -hmm. we can talk about the brilliance of the Rocky Horror Pole Show. Very different than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, the picture didn't have a pole in it. The picture didn't have a pole in it, and it's produced by the Misfit Pole Productions. And on the show today, we have Jade Roberts, Velvet Eau Claire, Kat Oberholzer, and Dawn Humphreys. So welcome, ladies. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Thank you for having us. I have to say that was a lot of fun names. (laughs) Did I do okay? You did great. You went from Velvet Eau Claire to Kat Oberholzer with such flair. Such finesse. Yes, yes. Misfit pole. I mean, I love it. There's misfit, but then there's misfit pole. Talk about the title. I love that. How did you come up with that name for your production company? Um, I, I don't even know. It sort of just came. We, I think Velvet mentioned we are a little bit of misfits, um, but we're also fit. Uh, we climb poles. We do handstands and acrobatic stuff that, that will also be included in the show. So I love it. We're punny. Well, is the Rocky Horror Pole Show, does this deal with the, har- the theme of Rocky Horror? The movie as we know it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're following, it's an abridged version, obviously, because it's a 50-minute show, but we're going to have everything from the rules in the beginning all the way through to floor show for people that are, you know, our hardcore cult classic fans. But it's going to be interactive as well. We're going to throw in some prop bags and uh, make it a really fun audience participation show. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And so there will actually be polls in the venue there's going to be one pole and one lira which is an aerial hoop so you think like a hula hoop hanging Uh, so we're going to have both of those in there and make it a whole aerial dance production i love that so so you guys are are uh, acrobatics is not really the right word right but but like you have to be fit and you have this is an art that you would do outside of the show right absolutely we're, we're half and half. So uh, last year when we did Fringe, it was all pole performers, all aerial artists. And this year we have split it into half being aerial performers and half being theater, burlesque dancers, actors. Uh, so it's much more well-rounded this Will year. Will some of your singers and actors be on pole and some of the pole act as well? Yeah. I yeah. love that. Jade, what is your role in the show? Okay, so my role is um, I'm not a pole or aerial person. I am a dancer and a singer and an actress. So um, I'm doing the rules in the beginning, getting to talk to the audience, getting them ready for the show. Um, I'm dancing throughout the first half in the science fiction and in time warp. And then for the last part of the show, dinner scene to the end, I am Dr. Frankenfurter. 
Ah. So that's uh, some of my acting skills pulling through there. Cool. Um, so you're like the hostess with the mostest kind absolutely. of. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Velvet Eau Claire? What is your role in the show? Well, I actually, I'm a theater person and a burlesque performer. So Ooh. I'm trying to kind of bring that in a little bit. Um, I'm not a pole performer or aerial performer. <laughs> I've started, since I've gotten in with the girls, I've started taking Lyra classes and they are hard, just so <laughs> everybody knows. Like, well, it's not easy. So um, I was hoping to do a little bit on the Lyra, but I'm not sure I'm quite ready for that on stage. But um, so I'm getting to basically play magenta throughout most of the show. And which has been kind of a dream for like my whole life. I don't know why that, nice. that role has always been something I've wanted to do. So I'm going to get to uh, do that and bring all my sass and snarkiness right up on stage and a <laughs> little bit of dancing, a little bit of fun. I'm, I'm really, really excited. Oh, my goodness. Mary, Let's keep going. I yes. tell you, a lot of times stage names are way cooler than your real names, but I'm not sure. I mean, I like Magenta, but Velvet Eau Claire Velvet is so cool. I'm going I'm to let you privy to a little secret. It's actually not my Oh, <laughs> I know it's not my quite not quite my real one. Um, it is my burlesque stage name. But, I love um, that. Yeah. So for our <laughs> listeners who might not know, what is burlesque? Oh gosh, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> burlesque is um, an art form that can have a lot of different forms. Um, it has a lot to do with it has its roots in kind of satire and things like that. There usually is an element of stripping involved and something like that, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, uh, performers can take it in many many different ways. We have some you know more classically trained dancers. There are some who are more as we call like the neo burlesque which is mm-hmm. just really you know there's nerdlesque as well by the way happy star wars day there's more things like nerdlesque sometimes as well what which get really ner- well just you know kind of adding in a lot of the nerd you know I've, I've seen game of thrones burlesque i see i've seen um star wars burlesque obviously star trek burlesque all, all right. you know everything like that like where cosplay so, kind, kind of, of yeah it's kind of like it. like a melding of like cosplay well, and you know dancing performance in and the musical gypsy they always say you have to have a gimmick yes so you yeah. Yes. Gypsy nerd. Rosalie. Yeah, oh. I was yes. Miss Electra. Yes. Oh, Did her lights. Very nice. And the room fell silent. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. That's, awesome. oh, that's amazing. Miss Oberholzer, what do you do in the show? Um, I do Pole and Lyra as Columbia for the majority of the show. Cool. Columbia. Tell us about Columbia. Uh, Columbia is played by Little Nell in the original movie. Right. Um, the red hair tap dance. Uh, however, I can do pole, but I cannot tap dance. <laughs> so they're actually going to do that for me. Love it. And I'll do Lyra and pole instead. So it'll be a. <laughs> That's awesome. How many people are in your cast? 11. Wow. All wow. Together. Big show for sure. So, and you have some really generous sponsors. If you don't mind, I'll give a shout out Please to do, them. Yeah. Eternal Youth Wellness Boutique, Douglas Metzger Photography, Home Vest, the Brian Blake team, Lotus Fitness Studio, The Jungle Martial Arts and Fitness, Foxy Fitness Studio, and uh, Horland Zoo. Horland. Yes. Yes. Zoo. Yes. Yes, I said that right. I thought I didn't say that right. Awesome. And so these guys are all been sponsors of the show. Yeah. Well, and as a producer, you have to have sponsors and they're so important. They're very much a part of the show. You know, they're the yeah. they're the pre-show uh, to get everything going. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely been great because, you know, Fringe is wonderful cuz it does support the art community and all the ticket sales go back to the artists. So if you can go in with your costs being covered, especially having such a big group, really helpful <laughs> yeah that's awesome so the rocky horror pole show let's talk about what venue you're in the pink venue which is located where don orlando shakespeare at the orlando mm-hmm. shakespeare theater and you open on wednesday may 17th so you just opened yeah uh, and then you're but you have four mo- more shows left so yes. uh, go on monday may 22nd friday may 26th 
Saturday, May 27th, and Sunday, May 28th. And I love it. The Saturday night show is actually at midnight. Yeah. So you can go on about your day and then go out for a late, fun uh, adventure yeah. on Saturday, May 27th. And leave the children at home. Leave <laughs> the children at home. So we talked yeah. about this a little earlier. It's not quite for the young kids. No. Although, because you it said could. 18 and up. Yeah, so the show is 18 and up um, as per French guidelines for what <laughs> constitutes 18 and up. Mm-hmm. However, we are not going to judge you on your parenting skills. <laughs> so if you feel like you'd really like to bring your kids, just know we're not giving you any of your money back. See, I, I was, I'm so glad you said that again because off the air when we were just chatting, Sassy Cat said, you're not getting your money back if nope. you don't like it. <laughs> you got to say that. You got to say that. I love that. That is awesome. And uh, how can we get tickets? It's done. Uh, tickets are available on sale. We have a link on our uh, Facebook event page. So mm-hmm. if you go to Misfit Pole Production, M-I-S-S-F-I-T, Misfit Pole Production, uh, we've been sharing all of our stuff for the links for the event page on there. Tickets are there. You can also get them at the Fringe Festival. And I'm sure you've gone over the button and everything. Oh, sure. Our listeners know by now. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I think about your show is that it represents what I love about Fringe Festival. You're taking a show that we all know. You're putting a twist on it with pole it's adult it's a little on the edge and it sounds like fun and it's something you can only see at fringe oh in fact that's why you go to fringe is to see something like this so i hope a lot of people will come out and support you yeah we've had just an amazing time rehearsing together building the show everybody has such different backgrounds that it's it's honestly been a blast and i've learned so much i'm not a theater person uh, per se. So I've learned a lot about the theater process and, and how everything works. And it's been wonderful. I've been very grateful for the group we have. I am curious about the safety of poles like in the yeah. theater. Do you come in and install them yourself? And is there are there ways we that have you have equipment? To? Uh-huh. Um, so we have portable equipment. Um, we have X stages of which are made by X pole, which is a company based in the UK. Um, they're very heavy. They're weighted at the bottom, um, and we set them up and break them down every time we go in, as well as the standalone A-frame aerial rig, which we also set up and break down ourselves every time we go in to make sure our performers are always going to be safe. So you have check pl- check places in place for putting yes, it up so they're, you're always safe. I worry about your safety. I just <laughs> <laughs> Mary, I think that's one of the things we haven't talked about. Also, the beauty of Fringe is that these performers are mounting the show sometimes in just minutes, you know, it's, and so when you come and see the show, there might've been a show just in there right before with a whole different set. So not only are they putting on a great performance, but they did a lot of work Mm -hmm. just moments or hours. Like 15 minutes. Do you even have 15 minutes? We have 20 minutes set up and 10 minutes strike. So it is really, (laughs) and you're striking while the other team is starting to set up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's when the, 11 people comes in handy. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. So Jade, what is what has been something really cool about this experience? What have you learned? What's been a fun moment for you? Why is the Fringe going to be forever ingrained in your heart? Um, this is definitely one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite show that I've ever been involved in. And I am a theater person, unlike them who are mostly pole and aerial, which I am not. Um, <laughs> and it's it's been really cool for me as mostly a theater person to step into this other world and get to know more about um, the athleticism behind pole and Lyra because I knew it was something that took a lot of hard work, but like I would stay after rehearsal sometimes and say, teach me, teach me. And it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's still really hard. And so anytime <laughs> they get up there and do cool stuff, I am just awestruck. And what was the moment when you had a breakthrough of something you didn't think you could ever be able to do? And you went, oh, my gosh, I did that. Um, I didn't think I could ever be Frankenfurter. 
Really? So, <laughs> I get to step on stage and be a sexy Frank converter in my lingerie and my sparkly cape. And um, it's really cool to do it with the group that I'm doing it with, too. I love every single one of the people that are involved. Mm. And I've ne- I haven't had a bad rehearsal with them. Like, I always leave rehearsal happier than I started. You know, Mary, I was going to tell you after they left, but I'll tell you on the air now. You guys have a great energy. Yes. You can tell ah, that you enjoy you. being you. together and you're excited <laughs> about the project. And that's really cool. I'm feeling the femme power. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How about you, Velvet? What's been a cool moment for this show? Oh, there's just been there's been so much. I mean, I've been I've loved Rocky Horror since I was a kid. I will say, my mom, you know, speaking of parenting skills, my mom used to <laughs> watch Rocky Horror because she was one of those who went you know every weekend back in college. But she would always turn it right off, like at a certain point. Like there was this part where she's like, "Okay, that's enough for now." <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so I've loved Rocky Horror for a long time, um, and I love going to the you know going to see it here at you know at Universal. They have the Shadow Cast that does as well, but. Mm. There's an element of, you know, with the shadow cast, you're playing those traditional roles. And here we get to just kind of bend that a little bit and we get to just change things up. We a lot of bit, yeah. (laughs) And you know, change it up as far as body types, as far as, you know, personalities and all of this stuff and just just really play with those roles. You know, we have a lot of femme power, but we also, you know, we like kind of playing with those. I mean, that's one thing I love about burlesque too, playing with those gender roles and Mm -hmm, all of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I will just add real quick, I I just I love the collaboration that we've had. We were talking off the air how we don't have really a single director. It's really just been all of us working together. And that is something that, again, you know, to bring it back to my burlesque experience, we don't really get in burlesque because you're working a lot by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're coming up with your stuff alone. That women are very good at too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Kat? What's been a great moment for you? Honestly, it's the whole part. It's everything. <laughs> I, I've loved Rocky Horror forever. Um, and when Don originally was like, hey, I want to do a Rocky Horror show, I was like, all right, um, let's do that then. And then I didn't know if we were actually going to get in. And then we got in and I've just kind of been excited ever since with the costumes and everyone we've had brought on with the cast. Like she said, last year, it was just pole performers, people we knew. It wasn't we we didn't have this big of a cast and all these great people that we've had that come in that have made it bigger than I think we originally anticipated it was going to be because everyone has all these awesome vibes to contribute to everything. I love that. Well, Mary, maybe we're going to have to go see the Midnight Show. I, I think, think so. this is yeah. the one to go see. Can, can we stay up that late? What do you think? <laughs> we have to take a nap. Yeah, yeah, we'll I'll, be, I'll be napping. Nap. It's yeah. true Rocky Horror fashion. You know, I that, that. Yeah. Well, I wish we had more time, but your energy here is so effusive. I know that right now there are people going, we're going to see that show. Um, And Mary and I are cheering you guys on. Congratulations. So let's just talk about it one more time. The Rocky Horror Poll Show by Misfit, M-I-S-S, Fit Poll Productions, happening in the pink Pink. venue. And the show times uh, that are left are Monday, May 22nd, Friday, May 26th, Saturday, May 27th, and Sunday, May 28th. Check them out on social media and go to the Orlando Fringe Festival website. You're here. Ladies, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. having us. We'll have you back yes. on another time, hopefully for more shows. Here, here. And we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Magic 107.7 FM. From the heart. <laughs> Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with my brilliant co-host, Joshua Vickery. And we're very excited that we are able to present to you shows that are happening in Fringe. Um, carrying on with our theme right now, we are we are going to take a deep dive into The Other Women, My Mother-in-Law, a play written by Samantha Eady and her son, Jacob Eady. And we have Jacob here with us. Welcome, Jacob. 
Hello, thank you very, very much for having me. Yes, and I know that we're going to be speaking with your mom in just a little while as well. So um, tell us a little bit about the play, how it came about, and your part in it. So the play itself is about um, four ladies who are on a um, liberated woman's cruise, and they're there for, you know, self-empowerment and such. And these four ladies don't know each other at all in the beginning. They kind of have a bit of a rocky start until they realize that they all have something in common, which is meddling mothers-in-law. And these mothers-in-law <laughs> are meddling to a comedic degree. Um, some that we explore in the in the show, such as one of the um, one of the mothers-in-law decides to steal the phone of her daughter-in-law and try to frame her for adultery. Basically, oh my goodness. <laughs> So none of these moms l- like their daughter-in-laws. Exactly. Okay, so by meddling, they're trying to get them. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love that. So tell us, uh, you wrote the music for this, right? Yes, that was a collaborative effort between myself and Samantha, my mother. Um, I wrote uh, a good deal of the songs, and she wrote a good deal of the songs, and I choreographed all of the songs. Oh, mm, nice. So there's dancing in it, too. Yes. What's the style of the music that we're going to uh, hear? Oh, well, that's the best part. Um, the music is 100% eclectic. There is the, um, you know, the more, how should I say this, traditional pop rock style that you know you would get in contemporary musicals. But then we also have salsa. We have funk. We have a little bit of um, that blues lounge style. We even have a gospel song. I love it. Are you nice. a singer, too? Yes. I can hear that in your voice. Yeah. So we might just get a few little little notes out before the end of this night. We might sing a little bit, Jacob. (laughs) So why don't we also bring on uh, your mom, Samantha Eady, who's on the line, who can also talk to us a little bit. Samantha, are you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. Awesome. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. And I I just want to say, I think it's so very cool that a mom and son have collaborated on a project together. You know, it's so funny. I am very, very fortunate to have a son like him. He He's being very modest about the music. Yes, he wrote the great majority of the song. I wrote a few, but he wrote the great majority of the song. And the thing about him is that he has insight and great talent. Uh, he has really taken the show beyond um, even what I could have envisioned. You know, I, I had one vision. I was uh, inspired always by theater. I was in theater when I was young. He was in... Um, acting and different things. Uh, when he grew up, I don't know if he told you all or not, mm-hmm. but he was like one of the kid casters for uh, Disney um, Radio. He was uh, doing voiceovers for different things, and you know, just a whole nine yards. And so we've always had this love for the arts. So one day I said, you know what? I really want to get back into what I, I, I love most, which is acting and singing. I just love it. And I went to the theater one night, and I had gone in years, and I saw, um, said, oh, Menopause the Musical. Mm-hmm. And I was so inspired. I said, you know, that was a good show. And I thought, <laughs> you know, what would be a really good show that I could write that would really inspire women? That really talks about some things that people go through. And by the time I got home, and it was only like a 10-minute drive, I said, I got it. Uh. I got it. And so I had the name for the show, and I came home, and I asked my son. He happened to be home. And never, he never, you know, at that time, he was never home. You know how <laughs> kids are. They're always gone. And I said, son, what do you think about the name of the show? What do you think about a show entitled The Other Woman, My 
father-in-law. And he said, oh, that's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I have a lot of interesting experiences to write about. And I have to be honest, my mother-in-law was pretty, was very tame. She's a wonderful woman. But my friends, when they would call me on the phone at 12 and you're thinking, oh, something bad must have happened. <laughs> and then they tell you these stories and you're like, well, nobody died, but that's pretty bad. <laughs> so you were able to use a lot of this material and turn it into what has become your collaborative piece of art, your, your oh, writing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I mean, when I hear the, the stuff that you hear, when they tell you the stuff, you're like, you know, that's the stuff that happened on TV, right? Uh-huh. And and you're thinking, oh, my goodness. Uh, one one quick, quick story about, from one of my friends. Um, her mother and her husband and she had a spiff, you know, they had an argument. And so he gets mad. He's going to storm out of the house. He storms out of the house. He goes home, goes home to his mom. And his mother says, oh, son, I'm so happy to have you here. And she tries to fix him up with other women because she doesn't like the wife. (laughs) Oh, my. This is a true story, isn't it? (laughs) He comes back on the very next day quickly. And um, his mother's like, I thought you were so mad. And he said, well, yeah, I got to have to get away from that woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He said, you know, she was trying to fix me up with people. <laughs> Your son is here laughing and shaking his head. I'm laughing at this. That is awesome. What's it like working with your mom on this project? It's it's pretty much, you know, the same as working with any other, like, you know, uh, partner, business professional. I know but a does lot she of... pull the mom card when you have a disagreement on how a scene should end or something? <laughs> no, not normally. Like, and that's the thing is that you would normally, you know, it's, it's hard to work in situations like this because... You know, family ends up seeping in to the business part and everything else. But luckily, um, we both have been able to keep a lot of professionalism. Sometimes it does seep in a little bit here and there. And you, it you seems like you're kindred spirits, though. Yeah, yeah, well, in some ways. It also sounds like she has a lot of respect for you and is very proud of you, mm-hmm. too. So I think she's probably just kind of... always to let him lead mm-hmm. when it's time for him to lead, because I, I believe that... Uh, he has a lot more insight. His his ear is excellent. He has a lot of insight. And I want that to come out. And I think I've trained both of them. I have two kids, him, and he is my um, only son. He's the fourth. He, my husband's the third. And I have my daughter. And um, I think I've trained both of them so that they can, you know, soar. And you want your kids to soar mm-hmm. and don't want to stifle that. And so uh, oftentimes he'll say, even if I say, well, why don't we do it like this? Like, no, no, no. My vision is da 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 da. This is and then I listen. I go, carry on, carry on. <laughs> oh, I love that. Carry on. Well, speaking of carrying on, um, the other women, my mother-in-law is going to be at the gold venue. Did we hear? Yes. yes. The gold venue. So, who should come, and why should they come see your show? I'd like you both to answer that because we're having you here today. We want people to come see your show. So, who would love this? Oh my, you go first. Well, the um, obvious answer is, of course, any anyone who is married, who is a mother-in-law or who's a daughter-in-law, even if, you know, you're a son-in-law, father, it doesn't matter. Like, everyone can relate on some level to just, you know, family relations and this kind of thing. So definitely those kinds of people should come see it. Really, this is great for any and all walks of life because... Whether you've been married for many, many years or whether your in-law has been amazing or terrible, if they've been terrible, you can kind of silently be like, hey, look, yeah, see that? Mm -hmm." (laughs) Kind of reminds you of somebody, right? (laughs) And if they've been great, then you can both just laugh at how amazingly ridiculous it is. You know, it's it's really a a, um, thing that's great for 
honestly anyone and everyone. There's, um, it's a relatively clean show. You know, we do touch on marital relations, quote unquote, a little bit else, but <laughs> you can easily take your kids to come see That's this and they'll to laugh too. That's good to know. Anything that he missed, Ma? Well, <laughs> you know what? If you, if you have a bridal shower, come. If you're a mother, come. If you've been married or you think about getting married, come. Mm. If you are a person who just likes to laugh, come. If you enjoyed Monster in Law, on television or you know, <laughs> the movies, definitely come. Because this is the kind of show that's really going to leave you laughing. It's going to give you great entertainment, great music, great movement. A lot of the, the just happenings on stage are wonderful. One of the songs that we sing is about a mother-in-law, uh, the, as told by the daughter-in-law, who uh, basically comes to their wedding and turns it into a wake. You know, she's wailing. No, no, no. She was she was grieving. And she begins to just turn this into a funeral. How could she do this to oh, me? That's so you funny. know, so if you um want that kind of you know, time of laughter, time of refreshing, mm. time of just letting go and having fun, come to the Are there show. any men in the show? Oh yeah. No. And do they have men, songs but too? Not in primary parts. They're dancers. Okay. Oh, cool. nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And so all so, the singing is the women. All the singing is the women. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I love that. Yeah. And so we have four primary women and four in the background. Great. And so we have just a few shows left on Tuesday, May the twenty third, on Thursday, mm-hmm. May twenty fifth, and Saturday, May twenty seventh. And it's at mm-hmm. again, like Mary said at the gold venue and it says that the that, that this whole comedic musical they meet on a cruise so does the whole thing happen on a cruise ship Jacob? yes it does it happens on a cruise ship and basically uh, the first um act takes place in one day and then they reunite um and they come back to the cruise ship a year later and talk about all the things they oh interesting oh. is that like in the second the act that oh, one's yeah. in the third and, act. In the third act. Oh, it's a three act. No, no, no. It's Whoa. just, uh, it's just the two, um, two acts. Yeah, it's the way that we have it split up because the other fun treat is not only do you get to hear from you know the ladies on the stage, but you also get segments of mothers-in-law and their conversation and their side of the story and their mm-hmm. carrying on. And so that's why, like the splits in between, I call them acts, but they're not. I see. I see. <laughs> now, what you. is Mirage Talent? Uh, that's who's producing this. What is that group? Mirage Talent is actually the company that I started. Um, I started it about two years ago now, and it is ultimately a production company that aims to do everything that is arts related. Mm. So right now, this um, musical production is the first big undertaking that we have, and we're also going to be starting a um, hip-hop dance company this year called Sandstorm. Nice. And we hope to do even more stuff in the future. And so Mirage Talent is just getting its start. Nice. Jacob, you're you gonna... seem so young, too. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 24. Wow, good for uh, you. Oh, you're older than I thought you were. You've got a baby face. Good he for does. you. <laughs> so, Jacob, uh, wh- how do we get keep up with Mirage Talent outside this one show at the Fringe? Is that you guys have a website? Um, Mirage Talent right now has a Facebook page, and it is Mirage Talent LLC. And you're able to find us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Facebook. Nice. Nice. I expect we'll be hearing more from you and about you. Yeah. So, Samantha, tell us. uh, We're going to have to go in just a minute, but tell us, why should we come see this show? Well, 
definitely you want to come and see this show because it is something that will leave an impression on you. And it also empowers you. It tells you that, you know, life is short. And you don't want people beating you down and, 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 you know, making you feel bad about yourself when you have so many things that you can feel positive about. And we teach mm. you that in the show and allow you to feel empowered. But most of all, we allow you to laugh, mm. laugh at funny situations. You know, that happens sometimes when you're melting together two sectors of two families, the mother-in-law. And the daughter-in-law. Mm. So you get to, you know, laugh and chuckle at that. I'll just share really quickly. I never got to meet my mother-in-law. I'm married 35 years. Uh, she had passed before I met my husband. It's something I always regret because I would have wanted to have told her thank you so much. But oh, yeah, I hope beautiful. we meet you. And when you have another production, will you both come back? Because I'd love to see you both in the yes, same room. Oh, Our next production that we're actually planning uh, that will be different than this show will be at the end of the year. Now, we will have some other shows for my mother-in-law, but at the end of the year, we're planning to do um, the other woman, Mrs. Claus. A cute oh, yeah, I love it. That. Yeah, well, awesome. That'd be well, nice around the holiday time. Uh-huh, great. The Other Woman, My Mother-in-Law, a comedic musical happening at the Orlando Fringe Festival. They have three more shows that you can check out uh, on uh, Tuesday, May 23rd at 9.15, Thursday, May 25th at 6.15, and Saturday, May 27th at 3 o'clock. Get your tickets on Orlando Gold Fringe. Venue. Uh, OrlandoFringe.com. And also you can check them out on social media. So Jacob and Samantha, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And thank break you. a leg. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. And Mary, we're going to come back and talk about one more Fringe show. I can't it's going to be our last one. So listeners, stay with us. Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. And welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, here with my delightful co-host, Joshua Vickery. And Joshua, this will be our last show we're featuring of this year's Fringe. I know, it's so sad. This has been such a very cool experience. 24 different shows mm-hmm. with so uh, with multiple performers from each show that we've been able to have on. So, it's been wonderful. Yeah, I feel like out of 154 shows, we made just a little bit of a dent. Yes, considering <laughs> we thought of it last, last minute, but we'll think of it a little earlier next year. Yeah, I love that. Lovely. It's awesome. Well, speaking of our final show that we we will be featuring for this year's Fringe. We have Lorena Yolanda, a one-woman show written and performed by Lisa Castaneda, and it's going to premiere at the Orlando Fringe at this Fringe Festival. So we have Yay. a few shows left. Yay, a one-woman show. Very. Woo-hoo. And we have Lisa here with her husband who directed it, Paul Castaneda, who we've had on our show before. Welcome back. Thank you. And Lisa, pleasure to meet you. Thank you. You too. Welcome to both of you. So tell us a little bit about the show, how it came about, and uh, what inspired you to write it. Well, the show's about my mother. It's her life story. Um, which was um, very rocky at the start, but she also had a wonderful life too. It was kind of a roller coaster life, but she. What made it rocky at the start? Um, well, she had came from poverty uh, in Puerto Rico, and um, she lived a life with her first husband of, with, that was abusive. Um, and then later, when she met my dad, things just went uphill from there, mm. and they had a wonderful, beautiful love story. Um, it is she's still alive today but she's in a nursing home she has alzheimer's so it's kind of her journey from childhood through her life and then um now with alzheimer's and it's as told by her played by you 
Um, two things. There's uh, me doing monologues and uh, telling the story, but then it's me playing her oh. in different eras of her life. Wow. So you switch back and forth yes. between Lisa and your mom. Yes. Oh, I bet that's brilliant. What is her name? Her name's Yolanda. 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 Yes, of and course. is she still alive? She is. She uh-huh. is alive. She's in a nursing home. She um, does not really speak anymore. Mm. Uh, whatever she does say is in Spanish. Um, she's in advanced Alzheimer's right now. Wow. Sorry. And so she doesn't know that you're doing this show about her. She, she know, can't comprehend no. it yet. But she doesn't know I'm doing it or that I'm there really when I come visit. But mm. I don't know, part of me kind of thinks that somewhere back in there she still realizes I'm there. One sure. day I, I came to visit and she was there's a gate there around surrounding the, the facility and she was out in the courtyard and she met me right at the gate. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, How did you know I was coming? But she was like that. She kinda had this little sense of things. I think this is so beautiful though, because you know, I get to work with a, a lot of people who have Alzheimer's and dementia through our choir that we have for people with that and their caregivers. And I think this is neat that you're being able to share her memories for her because she can no longer do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I just think there's something beautiful about that as a daughter that you're you're sharing these her story and these memories that she is still alive but can no longer really recollect. I just think that's beautiful. Thank you. Very I'm curious cool. to know as you play her and, and delve more into this work of this production, do you have different understandings of what your mom might have gone through at different points of her life? Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's kind of difficult, and the writing process was a difficult process, joyful at sometimes, but sometimes it was really sad because I was going through all the things that she's told me through my life, um, putting together the pieces, and playing her and acting out the things that she went through is, is it's just kind of, it's intense, um, but it's still kind of wonderful because I get to know her better even though she's not here to talk to me, mm. I get to know her through her memories. Mm. Wow, that is beautiful. So, Paul, you're a, a veteran uh, director here in town. We're happy to have you on the show. You're directing your wife in a one-woman play. <laughs> Tell us how that is. Um, you know, when she first asked me to do it, of course I said yes um, with a lot of trepidation, right? <laughs> because I've worked with Lisa before. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, you know, the first time we ever got to know each other was when I directed her many years ago at Theater Downtown. She played Anita mm-hmm. in a West Side Story that I did. But it's pretty intense when there's no other actors, there's no other characters, it's just one-on-one. And then on top of that, the personal nature of the show, um, which I know is so important to her, and it's, so then it's so important for me to get it right. Um, but in getting it right, and she knows and jokes about this all the time, I, I push her a lot mm. because I know what she's capable of. And so... So, and as, as these stories are unfolding, Paul, are you learning more about Lisa as a woman and as a and her family? I mean, I know you've heard these stories, but as you're seeing it kind of unfold, are you learning more about her that you didn't even know? Well, definitely when, you know, when she first gave me the script, uh, the first version of the script and I read it, I learned a lot more about her mom. I knew some of these stories from a 50,000 foot view, but... It gets a lot more personal when when you're seeing the whole thing played out in front of you. Um, but I did get to learn a lot more of her from her uh, emotions that she went through in, in creating the character of her mom and, and having to, to live some of these moments. And uh, she's just done a fantastic job. I'm, I mean, the other night we were rehearsing and I'm typing notes and one of the notes I did for one of the scene, I just said, you know, 
you actually looked, sounded, and moved exactly like I remembered your mom moving before mm-hmm. she gave in to Alzheimer's. It was like your mom was in front of me, and I just got chills watching her do it, you know, because mm-hmm. when you know the person and then you see it recreated in front of you by their daughter, it's just really emotional. That I was is gonna so ask deep. you if you ever if you met her and knew her before the Alzheimer's, and so you did. How long have you two been married? Uh, we've been married what four years now? Um, almost five. <laughs> almost five. We've been together for ten. Yeah, yeah very cool. Ten so plus. it's very rare that we read a description on on the air, but I I just want to read this because it is powerful, and I'm sure you wrote it. But meet Yolanda, a fierce Latina who we will follow from childhood to old age, beset by tragedy. She leans on her sharp mind and family to land on her feet, an advocate for her family and the less fortunate. Her mind becomes ravaged by Alzheimer's. She's faced with the fight for her mind, sense of self, and the family she has fought hard to protect. When who we are begins to disappear piece by piece, how do we hold on to the essence of what defines us? That is good. And I think, you know... I, I literally have chills reading that. Um, how has this changed your life? Looking, going on this journey, really looking into your mo- mother's life and what she did for you, you know, as her daughter or her family, and how you take that as being a mom with your own three three boys, right? Yes. Um, how how has this changed you? Well, um, it's changed me because. I think I'm a little more sensitive to the needs of my family. Mm. I'm a little more connected now. Uh, my mother was very family-oriented since she was a child, and then she had six kids. So she was very, very uh, into her family, and I, I feel like I'm a lot more connected to my children that way. This all came about by my mother staying with me for a week after my father passed in 2014. And we were trying to figure out what was going to happen next. And she stayed with me for that week. And I started telling her back these stories, these stories that are in my show. I started telling her and it was a way to kind of educate my kids, but also to connect with her. And as a result, and doing the show and rehearsing the show over and over again and speaking her own words, um, I just I understand her more. I feel like I'm a lot more like her than I thought I was. Mm. I didn't realize. And it's made me want to go visit her more no matter what's going on. I, whether I'm sick or something's going on in my life, I just I have to make the journey. She doesn't know I'm there, but I do. How mm. far away is she? She's in Fort Myers, so it's about three hours, yes. three and a half hours or so. Mary, yeah. you're going through the similar situation yeah. with your with your parents and yeah. traveling over and spending Sarasota, time with them. And, and my dad doesn't always know that it, who I am, uh, sometimes he'll light up, but sometimes uh, mo- mostly he doesn't talk very much. So I get that. I'm sorry. That's it's, all right. It's ex- yeah, I, I, I feel you. That is what I'm going through as well. And, um, you know, it started out slowly and then it seemed to really, really speed up. And that day, that day came that mm-hmm. she didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And she was. You know, I talk about it in the show, but it's it's so true. She was my best friend. I told her everything. Mm. I mean, more than probably most people tell their mothers. I didn't when I was younger, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. But even when I got older, I told her all the things I've, I did when I was younger and <laughs> confessed all my sins to her, you know. And um, I just, it's difficult. But there are, there are times, even though she barely speaks a word, and the words she do, does speak are in Spanish, um, there are times when I... I just think she knows I'm there. Yes. And every now and then you get a glimmer in 
one day with an iPad, I showed the Nicholas brothers doing that famous dance where they're going splits down the staircase. Mm -hmm. And my dad was so into it. And I went, that was you. That was you. He went, me? Whoa. I went, no. <laughs> and then he went, ho, ho. And he started oh, laughing. Funny. He got the joke. Yeah. But so there was a moment of, of like connection. And But where did that come from? Dancing. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. So... You know, what has your mother taught you and then, then now you can teach the audience, which mm. I think is so important as a part of theater, about tragedy? Because it says that there were tragedy moments in your mom's life. There's been tragedy moments in your life. You know, Through this story, how can you help the audience cope with tragedy? My mom taught me early on and also by relaying her words through the show that no matter what happens, you just keep on moving on. You know, she had some terrible things happen to her. And, you know, there was death, there was abuse, there was divorces, there was all kinds of things that have happened. And she just kept moving on. She kept pushing. And she was an, when I say she was an advocate for the less fortunate, she helped Latino immigrants that came here from other countries. And she helped them get home. She took some of them into her own house. She was had her own... Um, a nonprofit called the Hispanic American Alliance that she wow. started on her own in mm. in her late fifties. Amazing! And she just she's uh, this what is what she wants she to do. From? She's from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And how old is mm. she now? She's eighty two. God bless. Wow. What's her name again? Yolanda Beltran Halstead. <laughs> Say the last name again. Her her last name was Beltran. Uh-huh. Uh, Beltran. Beltran. <laughs> Beltran. And um, but my father's name was Halstead. Halstead. Wow, mm -hmm. I love that. Awesome. So you can check out this uh, moving performance at the White Venue. It's actually one of the new Fringe Festival venues. It's at the Junior Achievement Building next to the Science Center parkland. So still very close to the action mm -hmm. there at Lock Haven Park. And uh, there are a few more shows left. There's actually five more shows left that you can check out. Monday, May 22nd at 5.30. Wednesday, May 24th at 5.30. Friday, May 26th at 7. Saturday, May 27th at 4. And Sunday, May 28th at 6 o'clock. You can get the tickets on the Fringe Festival website, OrlandoFringe.org. Uh, and are, you're on social media, Lisa? I am. What, it, I'm it on just Facebook, Lisa Castaneda. Um, I'm also on Twitter, LFH 2010 um, and Instagram. And of course, they can sure. go to the <laughs> website to find out about the play as yes. well. Yeah, that's, oh, how wonderful. I'm so glad you came here to share what you did. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. So, yeah. Paul, tell us, uh, before we go quickly, why should we come see this show? Well, um, you know, I love the Orlando Friends. We've been a part of it in various incantations, Lisa and I together and separately. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of zany with Fringe, you get a lot of musicals with Fringe, and I've been a part of those, obviously. But I've seen some of the best um, and most touching dramatic works as part of Fringe festivals, and I don't mm -hmm. know if it gets as much pub as the mm -hmm. others do. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to understand how a normal life can be extraordinary, mm -hmm. then you need to see this show. Wow. That you could not that. have sold that better. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, and Thank I you. think this will open up doors of conversation for your audience members to talk about family, to talk about tragedy. It's surprising me now that I'm uh, dealing with a little bit of arts and wellness things of how many people, their family members are dealing with Alzheimer's and dementia or some type of, you know, disability that, uh, that might keep them from, you know, that, that might be a befallen upon them. So uh, I think this is a very timely uh, show and I think it's wonderful and I hope it goes beyond the fringe. I hope somebody, maybe Paul or, or CFC Arts or who knows, will 
produce the show because <laughs> I think it's a story that should be told. Yes. Awesome. Well, guys, congratulations on thank producing you. for the thank fringe, you. and thank you for coming on the show. Thanks and Mary, much. how are, we're going to have to we're going to fit this one in. Yes. We got to do it. Yes, <laughs> I know we've said that for all of them. But we have, Mary. It's been a pleasure chatting with you <gasps> with all of these shows, listeners. Thank you for tuning in on a Sunday evening, and we hope that you will go out and support the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Hundreds of shows, thousands of artists and performers and we that are, are involved. Especially saying that to those of you who have never been. Yeah, and the good thing about it is, don't forget, all of the ticket sales go right back to the artists. And so you're really helping uh, the pockets Mm -hmm. of people who are out trying to create. So thank you for listening. Join us back next week on From the Heart, Magic 107.7 FM.